Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 452. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 29 through 34. Let's read our passage. Otherwise, what will they do who are being baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, then why are people baptized for them? Why are we in danger every hour? Face death every day, as surely as I may boast about you, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus as a mere man, what good did that do me? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses and stop sinning, for some people are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame. This is Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth church he had founded five years earlier on his second missionary trip. He's on his third missionary trip now, and he's in Ephesus. And he's writing this letter to the church in Corinth. They have a lot of issues. They're very filled with pride. They're very much concerned with how wise they are, how much knowledge they have, how spiritual they are. And Paul's been correcting them all along the way on all these issues. And in chapter 15, he's dealing with the issue of resurrection. Some people in the church, maybe not all, but it doesn't seem to be something that the majority are opposing, they're denying resurrection of believers. They're saying that people will not be resurrected. And this probably goes along with what we saw earlier with some of them seem to think they're so spiritual, they have already been spiritually resurrected. And uh, it goes along with their whole prideful notion about things, how super spiritual they are. Probably what they're teaching is something akin of, don't worry about resurrection in the future. If you could just be so super spiritual like we are, you could be resurrected right now like we are. We are like the angels. So it's very prideful base to it, along with the fact that it's just flat wrong. So Paul's arguing for the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus and the resurrection of Christians. So verses 1 through 11, he talked about the reality of Christ's resurrection. That is the basis of our common faith. In verses 12 to 19, he raised the issue of if there's no such thing as resurrection, then even Christ wasn't raised. And then our faith is pointless. In verses 20 to 28, he talked about the order of the resurrections, that Christ is the first of the resurrection. He is the first fruits of the larger harvest, pointing to the rest of followers of Christ who will be resurrected. So today he's looking at some moral implications, or some some people say they're ad hominem arguments, but they're basically, well, if there's no resurrection, then what about this? And it seems somewhat uh, random, but he's he's just raising the issue of you say there's no resurrection. Well, it doesn't match reality. So verse 29, he says, Otherwise, what will they do who are being baptized for the dead? If the dead are not raised at all, then why are people baptized for them? Well, just based on this, it's easy to understand. He's arguing for the resurrection. He's saying if there's no resurrection, then this doesn't make sense. So this baptism for the dead. If people are not resurrected, then then why even do that? Now, the bigger question is, what is he talking about? What is this baptism for the dead? 
and there's some problems here. There's there's no historical or biblical precedent for this. There's no known practices of this anywhere at any time. This is the only place you see anything like this. No other church at that time or in the centuries following practice this baptism for the dead. There aren't even, even similar pagan rituals anywhere. And it flat is contrary to the concept of justification by grace through faith. A, a lost person who's died cannot be saved for somebody else being baptized for them. It just doesn't work. So because of all those problems, and Paul doesn't seem to be slapping them down for that, some people want to come up with some alternative explanations and say things like, well, maybe baptized for the dead is people who are baptized uh, leading to martyrdom, or they're trying to change the punctuation around to make it say something a little bit different. But the plain reading is they're baptizing people for the dead, that people who've already died, now living people, are being baptized in their place as a proxy. So what it is, we don't know any more than that. But it does kind of go along with what we saw earlier, where we said this just seems to be some kind of magical view toward things like baptism and the Lord's Supper. Like they considered themselves immune from any of the satanic influences uh, at the pagan festivals because they've been baptized and participate in the Lord's Supper. So they have this magical protection from anything evil. And it might go along with that. So just remember it. This is a messed up church. They're very confused about a lot of things. And so they're doing this. And the fact that Paul doesn't blast them for this is curious. And maybe he's blasting them about so many other things. But his point right now is not so much to blast them for that. But you guys are doing that stupid thing. Well, why if there's no resurrection? Then he continues. He's talking about himself here, verse 30. Why are we in danger every hour? So he's talking about himself as an apostle, that Paul leads a rough life. Read the book of Acts. Paul's in trouble all the time. Everywhere he goes, there's plots to kill him. And quite often people are very much trying to carry out those plots to kill him. Why are we in danger every hour? If there's no resurrection, why am I doing what I am doing? Verse 31. I face death every day, as surely as I may boast about you, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I fought wild beasts in Ephesus as a mere man, what good did that do me? Well, he probably wasn't fighting actual animals in Ephesus. He's a Roman citizen. He wouldn't be thrown into the ring with the animals. He's probably using this as a metaphor for the trouble he faces in Ephesus. It wasn't a picnic in Ephesus. He had a lot of trouble there. And so he's using this as a metaphorical language to the, the opposition that he faces. And he's in Ephesus right now. So he says, I face wild beasts in Ephesus. I mean, things are not easy. I'm not on a holiday here in Ephesus. That's a rough time here. And he says, if the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. That's a quote from Isaiah 22, 13. And it's a common saying. If... It doesn't matter, then why are we doing all this religion stuff? Let's live it up right now, because if there's no resurrection, then it's here and now. That's all there is. Let's eat and drink and be merry. So 
if you say there's no resurrection, then why are you doing all this stuff trying to be spiritual? It doesn't matter. Verse 33 seems kind of odd here, but he says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Now, this is a common saying. It's not a biblical saying, but it's a common saying. And it's something you know, most every culture throughout time has used something like this. Bad company corrupts good morals. Hang out with bad people, they're going to steer you wrong. I think he's probably getting to the point of this denial of resurrection is wrong. And hang out with people who think wrongly like that is going to lead you astray. So be careful who is influencing you is the, the takeaway here. And they're being influenced. So Paul's been arguing, you guys believed in resurrection when I came to you five years ago and presented the gospel to you. What happened? You must be hanging out with some people who are steering you wrong. Bad company corrupts good morals. And verse 34, this challenge, cover your senses and stop sinning. For some people are ignorant about God. Say this to your shame. Well, how are they sinning? Well, they're denying God's plan. They're denying the, the truth of God's word. They're denying what God has said. So, in that, they are sinning. So, you reword this as, wake up and quit denying God's plan, but speaking against what God has revealed. He adds, for some people who are ignorant about God. That's why they're doing this. And those are the people you're hanging out with, that bad company that corrupts good morals. These people that are ignorant about God. I say this to your shame, meaning you shouldn't be falling for this. When I came to you, I shared with you the plain gospel. And a big part of that plain gospel is resurrection. So whoever is leading you astray, wake up and quit being led astray by them. Wake up and quit denying what God has said. And instead, turn away from your wrong thinking. So he's arguing for the resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus, and then by extension, the resurrection of believers. Now he's not done with this. He's going to continue talking about it because he's going to talk more details. What's resurrection actually look like? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.